podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by one of the greatest professional referees of all time, Mr. Brian Hamner. Brian, what's up, man? I'm glad that uh, you know the satellites are interlocking in outer freaking space and i can actually have internet this week so i uh, appreciate you taking the realms um over last week and uh hosting with uh brian and uh, uh daniel as well well yeah rj it's good to see you man um i actually announced to the world on our podcast last week that i actually missed you i i, I said that well that, uh, that that only lasts so long i'm sure that'll probably uh that'll last probably the portion of the show but no i appreciate that though well just enjoy, just, just enjoy it while you can no i hey i'll take it while i can so we have two strange weeks now in a row so because of technical difficulty yeah. you were you were ousted um and then this week um due to some other situations with uh daniel uh he's gonna join us but he's not here to join us at the start of the of the show so mm-hmm. wacky shit going on the last two weeks man kind of crazy right yeah, he's uh, as we were talking, he started recording his show, the uh, Ringside Podcast. I implore everybody to go over and check that out. Uh, comes out Wednesdays as well uh, on all your podcast platforms, and they just started video, so um, there are good things going on over there. Um, so he's uh, actually recording. Uh, obviously, this will be in the history, but um, recording with Hollywood Haley J. Um, tonight so definitely a big thing for them guys to get her on and uh always a good uh, time over there so he'll like i said like you said he'll be joining us probably momentarily uh as we're going to be talking to uh mr pectacular which was uh my nickname in high school uh but we're talking what? to jesse goddard's wait, wait, wait. What, what did you say mr pectacular yeah did you say that used to be your nickname in high school yes <laughs> give me a fucking break <laughs> no i'm joking no i'm joking no I, I i could play that you know i could play that as long as i could being a a catcher in high school i'd take you know i take those ground balls into their chest and i'd be spectacular because i you know they bounce right off so uh, and we're off the rails already folks yeah you you, you uh probably don't regret uh having me on this week so anyways uh what <laughs> There's no real good transition for this guy, so why don't we just send it up to our first count? This is your one count. As we're recording, uh, the news officially broke this afternoon, uh, reported by ESPN that Jade Cargill signed a multi-year contract with WWE. Triple H was quoted saying, a dominant athlete who's here to change the game uh, join me in welcoming the newest WWE superstar, Jade Cargill, uh, to the WWE universe. Uh, Brian, we talked about this, I believe, two weeks ago at this point, um, when it was rumored 
that her contract was coming up. Now it's official. Uh, and from what I've seen online, uh, Cody Rhodes was actually one of the uh, people that really pushed for her to be brought into WWE. Uh, yeah, man. You know what? I think that this is really, really, really big, big time for the WWE. I do. Um, I think that this was a miss for the AEW audience and actual company. And I think that finally we will see the best way possible to utilize the talents of her. And I think she's in her home. You know, I think that she's in her home. And I mean, WWE has not announced a talent signing like this in quite a while. So they're, they're, they're taking this very big and, and Triple H using his own, his own little, uh, what do you call it? Pick up or catch line. Yeah. Read, read, read what you said, RJ. He said what? He said uh, a dominant athlete who's here to change the game. Can you read? And that's a direct quote from his Twitter feed. So I'm taking it from him. Change the game. Okay. Uh, Everybody knows what that means as far as Triple H is concerned. So it's a. He he invented the game. (laughs) Absolutely. No doubt. But yeah. So, I mean, this is huge for her. I mean, huge for WWE and huge for her. Um, I just think that now she's going to really realize what wrestling is all about and. They're going to know how to utilize her. They're going to make her a mega, mega star. She's going to make a lot of money for them. She's going to make a lot of money. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they bring her in on the main roster. And I, I just know that she would not be at NXT long. I know she won't be. There's no way. Uh, they signed her you know, too much money. I have no idea about the money, so don't get me wrong. But I can only assume that it's uh, a, a, a fair shake of some coin. And I think that this, they're not going to waste any time as far as you know, trying to get her ready as quick as possible and get her to the main roster. So it's going to be interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I think she's worth every dollar, every cent that they uh, that they gave her. Uh, it, but like you said, Brian, the the opportunities here are endless. You know, a lot of people online are, else, are already fantasy booking these matches for her, and she hasn't even stepped foot on in TV for WWE NXT. Uh, I really think that they're in my opinion, what they should do, obviously it's only my opinion, but keep her down as performance. And she's been down there anyway. She made that well known before. Keep her down there. She doesn't necessarily have to show up on NXT. If she doesn't want to stay down there and then debut on raw or SmackDown, um, you know, learn that craft, learn the WWE system. Um, obviously, you know better than anybody, Brian, that sometimes you have to be, you know, get that kind of that ring rust off. But she's one of those types of athletes, man. It's I, do we do we say she's you know, a lot of people are comparing her to uh, China, even being that much of an impact. I, I, I agree. I agree. She's a once in a lifetime kind of athlete that you see. I mean, she really is. Um, she's got. Everything there is look wise, she's attractive. She's uh, she's got a nice body. She's built. Uh, it's just truly, truly a, a once once in a lifetime kind of deal uh, or or not I mean, maybe in a lifetime, but once in a rare moment anyway. I mean, so, yeah. And RJ, I can kind of agree with you in a way. But I mean, I think that, you know, with WWE, they're going to do vignettes and shit like that. They're going to build her up. Yeah. They're going to do all kinds of cool shit. Uh, may probably have quiet appearances where she's just on the ramp and leaves. I don't know if she's going to have a manager or what. It's just going to really be cool to see how they really utilize such a good talent. I mean, it really is. I'm, I'm excited about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I really am too. And she's only 31 years old. 
Oh yeah. I mean, she's... and it, it's just, she's only been in the business for two years, dude. She debuted in March of 2021. And already has made such an, like I said, an impact. Uh, and, you know, interesting side note. I don't know if you're aware of this, Brian, but her partner, husband, what have you, is Brandon Phillips. Who's the, that? He is the, he is a former second baseman for the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, okay. Um, so, all right. So, sorry, I didn't know, sorry, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, no, but like you said, it's, the uh, the uh, the opportunities that she's having the, the possibilities of who she can face are endless uh she will be thrusted into the limelight i think because she she will be used the right way uh, she will be written for the right way uh i just like i said it'll be interesting to see how how they debut her wherever that may be uh a little bit of news that also has come up in the last little bit of time is that WWE SmackDown return will be returning to the USA Network as part of a five-year agreement between WWE and NBC Universal. Uh, the new deal will bring WWE to NBC Primetime and SmackDown to the USA Network on Friday nights, and it also means an end. Um, of Raw and NXT on USA Network as well. Uh, you think this is just basically the best best deal for everybody, or is it kind of like, hey, let's see what's out there? So, um, you have to backtrack this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm I'm really confused. Okay, so we know what right now about WWE programming. We know what SmackDown. We know is moving, correct? As of right now, it's going to be moving from Fox to. Uh, USA Network as of next uh next fall, uh, okay. twenty twenty four, and then okay. that obviously would be meaning that Raw and NXT would be leaving to, um, leaving USA too. Where that ends up, we don't know. That's still up in the air. We don't know where those two those two shows are going to show up. Um, whether they stay, I've heard everything from hey they're going to stream it on Peacock to. They're going to put it to Fox. I, I, who knows? I think they kind of want to keep it in the same general area, I think. Association, I should say. So, uh, and I've heard this, not just from what we, you know, you just said, but why is everybody assuming they're going to come off Raw? Like, why the, they're not going to be on Mondays? What do you mean? That Raw's going to come off of USA? Oh, that's that's what they're saying. That just Raw's going to no longer be on. Right, because the, basically on the- what they're saying is SmackDown's going to be replacing Raw and NXT. On, on USA why they'd want to do that I don't know but who knows dude it's all about that dollar man it's <laughs> it's about that dollar you know I can only imagine I mean this is kind of a I kind of look at it like this I, and maybe I'm looking at it wrong it's kind of a downward spiral in a way as far as the viewership goes compared to USA versus um um, Fox, you know what I mean? Fox has got a bigger, broader, you know, viewership area. So, I mean, I don't know if this is a, who's this the win for? I, it, I guess it would be for USA. Well, I, and I think, well, that, and I think it's for the advertisers too, because I think a lot of, a lot of people are like to associate with wrestling more with the bigger networks because they're also talking about having some old school uh, Saturday night main event on NBC. 
for WWE as well, too. So I think there's like, I think there's like four or five a year for them there as well. Um, and I believe uh, there's no interest from Disney or Amazon to possibly put WWE and Amazon Prime. That's like I said, that's rumoring innuendo at this point, but uh, but it could also move off of Monday night too as part of a new deal. So we may be doing Raw on, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, which and, and that may not be necessarily a, a, a bad idea. You know, go Wednesday, Friday. It might, yeah. like I said, it might be easier for the boys too. You may you may be uh, on something there, RJ, because uh, you don't want to keep your, your your people on the road. If you keep you know you when are you going to let them go home? If it was Monday Friday, you know Monday and Wednesday makes a lot of sense. You get a travel day on that Tuesday for your crew and for your your talent. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. And do, don't you think that maybe uh, some people might be getting sick of the the noise on Wednesdays and says you know what they they want to play and want to talk about us. Let's let's run head to head. Yeah. Why not? You know, and I think uh, who knows? Maybe they may flip flop them. You know, you'll you'll put or not flip flop them because they're on Tuesday, but NXT put them to a Monday, put uh, Raw to a to a Wednesday. Who knows? The I I think the balls in WWE's court. Uh, they obviously make the right decision. I think that uh, why switch nights, stay on USA, keep everybody housed in the same network. Um. Uh, NBC Universal, the whole conglomerate of NBC that is, uh, because obviously it's worked so far. So, and it, I would hate to see, as you know, you grow up watching Raw, you were part of it, your dad was part of it, your uncle was a part of it uh, on Raw, going all the way back to since it started. So, I would hate to see it move from uh, from USA. But we finally have we 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 talked about making big money, big money. We got big money in here now. He's got the freshly minted ringside podcast hat on. Uh, he's got his Manscaped. No, he's not. He is wearing the Manscaped t-shirt. He's not just wearing his Manscaped boxers, but Mr. Daniel Spencer joins the show now. Daniel, what's up, dude? And You're it on, might yeah. help if you take yourself off of mute, hey, too. There we so. go. There we go. Hey, guys. <laughs> What a mistake out the gate. God. Well, I mean, I forgot that I muted myself so I would, you wouldn't hear me talk. So, uh, but anyways, the, w- glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me back on again to help you all. Sorry, I'm a little late. Uh, I was, um, had some other obligations I had to take care of, but I'm, I'm here now. So, well, we already told him what the obligations were. So go ahead and promote it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we had Haley J uh, live on my show on the Ringside podcast. And, uh, uh, you can go back and watch that on the, uh, on the archives because it was live. So you're hearing this, this is a couple of weeks ago, but you can go back and watch it in the archives and check it out. It was a great interview. Great, great fun show. So. Very cool. And so everyone understands uh, <clears throat> the Daniel situation. Daniel is filling in for the hiatus of Cor- uh, Jimmy Corderas. Uh, but what I'm trying to do here, become a, we're working off of this huge Netflix thing that would, you know, everyone's excited about. And obviously to, you know, last week we had uh, Brian Kennison on, uh, this week we're gonna have uh, Jesse Goddard's, and we're hoping for a part three series. We want to do three three episodes with um, with dealing with the Netflix series. So I don't want to announce who next week's gonna be uh, or possibly gonna be because if something falls through, then you're all gonna hate me and you're gonna get mad at me, and I don't want any of that um, because I love each and every one of you. 
Um, but we're going to do something. We'll have something. But anyway, that's what we're trying to do. And Daniel's going to cover those three, which today's the second one. And then it, it'll be uh, the next week will be our third one. And then sadly, he's going to jump back into his world and Jimmy's going to jump back into our world and we'll be back to our normal, regularly scheduled programming. But the but but. I mean, at least unless you change your mind. I mean, I think that the op, the uh, door is always open for me to hop back on anytime, right? And just come in here and join the show. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> we we got talked we got talked to our our uh, agent and our uh, intern to make sure that they don't get kicked out as well. Because <laughs> yeah, no, we got we got an intern over here now. I guess we're pay, we're getting the uh, making the make that big bucks, getting the big ratings. We can afford an intern now, so yeah, maybe that, maybe uh, maybe in, he in, was a intern gavin right is that who it is <laughs> yeah yeah right it's my son he's walk, walk, walk running back and back and forth here he actually go side note so he goes to the grocery store with my wife every time now he gets me a lemon lime prime oh you're you're addicted to those like my kid is are you a kid well my oh, kid's goodness. addicted to it and then he gets one for he gets oh, okay. one for me at the yeah. store and i'm like yeah. eh. he knows What's i like mean? lemon lime so well, um, um, it's by the way, um, you know, it's good to have you back here with us, RJ, and uh, have a, yeah. your your net your internet working because last week there was a fiasco. But me and me and uh, as you heard on the show, me and Brian worked it out and and made it a great episode without you. Oh, but sure. uh, I think, uh, but definitely glad to have you back because it was yeah. it was a it was a crazy nightmare last last uh, week as you heard on the show. <laughs> but we we got through it, and it was ended up being a, yeah. like again, it ended up being a phenomenal episode and. Uh, and Brian Kennison um, was was gracious enough to like stand in the trenches with us through all that too. So I don't know if you talked about yeah. that or not. I just hopped on, but I wanted to throw that out there. No, no, we we didn't. You're right. And, and before I start to talk about that real quick, I just want to say, Daniel, I just never knew I had to pay so much for a filling. Um, but anyway, that's 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 the, the consideration that I'm talking. We'll talk offline. Maybe I can negotiate you down and maybe hop back on. <laughs> Well, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm on my Netflix. My rate went up. So that's what... <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> While we were having these difficulties last week, and I don't know if you guys care or not, but guess what? We're in it. But Brian, literally, Kennison, the voice of OVW, um, literally. Oh, and we'll never mind. Anyway, what did you call him? Daniel it was so funny. Oh, the uh, America's sweetheart. <laughs> and and, I, and we actually we actually made that. Uh, the title of the episode too. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's it's phenomenal. I'm like I I I, I messaged Brian. I'm like Brian, we gotta make this the title of the episode because dude, he he should run with this too and make T-shirts out of it or something. Yeah. Well, uh, well it might be a thing. We'll see. Uh, shop ovw.com. Uh, get your Brian Kennison T-shirts. Yeah, Daniel Spitzer ones, but get your Brian Kennison one. So I put him over more than I put me over. Um, and by the way, I do want to thank him because you're right, Daniel. He was a trooper. He hung on for maybe 40 minutes to an hour while we had to get to this bullshit audio stuff we had going on. So I want to hats off to him and thank him. Um, for sure. Awesome deal. But anyway, RJ, carry on. No, so. Or excuse me, uh, Daniel, we're, we're talking about the Jade Cargill uh, signing. I know you talked about it as well on your show, but um, yeah. we want to briefly move on to. I, I know this is a few weeks ago, but we want to touch on a couple of these WWE releases. Yeah, that really kind of, you know, shocked us a little bit. Um, we had we had that laundry list. You know, you and I were going back and forth with it that afternoon when they happened, Daniel, but. Uh, likes of Adolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, and Matt Riddle, three of the bigger 
the bigger names mm-hmm. um they were they were released um obviously you know in the, the Matt Riddle release wasn't kind of a complete surprise but it was one of the bigger names but especially with Shelton and Dolph to start off with Daniel um guys that have been there you know back and forth for Shelton but Dolph's been there for Christ years well, well yeah but but if you look at it think about this and I'm not they're the some of the greatest performers and people ever so I, I hate anyone who loses their jobs but if you look at they they were shocking, but they wasn't for the fact that WB wasn't using them in any any particular way at the moment. You know, like there wasn't in any hardcore storyline. Dolph was on NXT to help develop some talent there. Um, Shelton um, was looks like he was about to start to hurt business back up again, but really kind of didn't, and then did some other stuff. And you really didn't see him very much other than his social media presence. But I think he was doing dark matches or or main event Matt, whatever those that the pre-show they do before uh raw and smackdown they was doing those kind of shows uh helping talent don't get me wrong like helping working with talent and developing but um not in anything storyline wise the one that shocked me uh, well i mean again those shocked me but the one that really shocked me was not only elias because he was i know he just came from an injury but was was heavily involved in some major storylines and so talented but it was mustafa ali who's literally about to have a title match in two weeks or a week or whatever it was when he was released and it gets, it gets, uh, Dom, um, Dominic. And I was like, what that, I just thought that was fake, you know, like that can't be real, you know? And that was the first one. So it made it look like he decided to leave. And then all the other ones started announcing I'm no longer with WWE. So it was like, Oh, it's a thing. He was actually released. He didn't quit. He actually, it's a, it's a, it, he's, you know, been released kind of deal. That one, that one shocked me. And I guess the, Emma as well, who just got resigned, who was with us at Impact for uh, a couple years. Um, I guess that was also a little shocking because I didn't think they would get rid of her so quick. Um, mm-hmm. So it's um, you know it, it, business business, unfortunately. But you know you turn around, and it's almost like I, there's a joke that somebody said: Do they get all these people? What kind of what kind of uh, contract did they give Jade? It's the head of fires all these people to hire her? I don't think that's it. I think that's just a, somebody being goofy, but. It is mm-hmm. it is shocking that they they had these firings and then they do hire somebody though you would think that they would put on hiring freeze for a little bit but hey uh, businesses usually move on and all, most of these guys are going to bounce back somewhere AW Impact NWA uh, MLW they're all going to have a in New Japan they're all going to have a place to work if they want to it, it's it's just mm-hmm. a matter of where they want to go honestly and and the, if the money's right you know. There, there's so much I would like to say about this, and I know I, I can't get really, really into it because we got to get to our um, to our guest here soon. Uh, but you know, a business is a business; it, it, it's a business. Um, I have a family business here, and if I've got six salesmen and we're slow and we're not doing anything, then three of them I got to go, and it's just the price of business. I mean, it's just it, it is what it is. Now, now you can also go back and say, really, what? Daniel just touched on what's really weird is you, you say these are cost cutting measures, but then you go and you hire one of the biggest, probably female athletes. Um, and you know that she got paid some very good money. You know, there's a lot of those on that list that are paying that salary. So it's kind of uh, in a way, but it is what it is. But, but, but the, the, the cutting happens all the time. I don't know why people are in shock. It happens. It happens all the time. I don't like it, but it's business. It's mm-hmm. not going to change. It's not going to change. They got to cut the fat. 
I mean, you can't have, I mean, I'm looking at the list right here. I'm not going to go through it, obviously, but uh, like 20 names, uh, it looks like, maybe more. But anyway, you can't have 20 names that you're paying probably $150,000 to $300,000 or more for a lot of them just sitting on the sidelines, as you said, Daniel, not being utilized. Right. So it is what it is. It's a sad part of the business, and it, it, it's, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Well, and two, you also keep in mind, like, Dan, you brought Emma up that she was just brought back a year ago for being on the little hiatus. Some of these people, you know, give it a year or two or six months or whatever. They may come back in different roles. You know, you got a guy like Shelton Benjamin or a guy like Dolph Ziggler that is very, very valuable in the in the business. Uh, and it's just a matter of, OK, what can they what can they do? Can they go behind the scenes and be producers? And what you know, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. Well, what we want to do now, man? Um, I, I, I we took a lot of time, more than I thought, and that's okay because it makes it interesting. But I think what we ought to do, RJ, is uh, we probably ought to get ready for our guests because I'm getting excited, man. Um, I, I, this sure. Netflix series, this Netflix series has got me like fired the fuck up. And so, yeah, there's so many things. Uh, but, yeah, I think that we should take a break and come back and uh, welcome in Jesse Otters, I think. This is your two count. We're back here on Riffin' and Up uh, here on the second count, and uh, we've got the face that runs the place, the star of OVW and wrestlers on Netflix, Mr. Pectacular, Jesse Goddard. Jesse, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I mean, I haven't seen you for about a couple of weeks. I haven't seen Brian in what seems like, you know, way too long. It's good to be here, you know, stretch the legs, exercise the vocal cords. I'm ready to make some, uh, some, some magic right now. Let's, let's, let's do it. And I'll be the face, the hidden face of your guys' show. How's that sound? Thank God you're not hidden face for me. How you doing, Jesse? <laughs> good, dude. <laughs> good, good. Hey, so glad you're on here, man. And um, I'm so happy for not only you, man, but the whole OVW crew and uh, girls and guys down there, man. What a what a just a great, great. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, man. I, I'm not a, I'm not a Netflix or a series watcher at all. I'm not. And I don't know if you remember this about me, but I'm like a sports douche. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and and so, um, you know, I was talking with Daniel because, you know, me and Daniel keep up with each other and stuff and. Daniel was telling me about this thing. And then I started seeing advertisements on it. Dude, I was hooked. I would watch two or three of them at one time, which is insane for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was married or when, now that I go on dates and stuff, that no one likes going to the movies with me because I fall asleep at every fucking movie because it's, I, I just can't do it. But mm -hmm. this was awesome shit, man. No, I appreciate that. And I think, uh, you know, it just resonates with so many different people. Obviously it's super heartfelt. There's a lot of drama in it. Um, and it just shows, I say this a couple of times, but people, people die twice. You know, the first time is when they give up on their own personal dreams. And the second time is, you know, obviously when they're no longer here with us and stuff. And I think with this kind of show and the way people are receiving it it's just due to the fact of like these, everybody, everybody that we get to, you know, bump elbows with myself included, the dream hasn't died and we're still diligently working on a weekly basis and you get to see the sacrifices that need to be made 
um, for that to even be plausible. And granted, obviously, there's a lot of different story arcs and stuff like that with two different love, you know, uh, uh, storylines that are in there, one with the mother and daughter and like the relationships of just, you know, two two people trying to date inside the business as well. Um, the trials and tribulations, the financial aspect of stuff, you know, so across the entire gamut of, of people that are just a casual viewer, you know, men, women, and a child can, can see a, a benefit from the show. So definitely check it out. And like you said, it's, it's hard not to binge watch it. Cause one, they just go so quick. It's almost like, you know, you're, you're catching up with an old friend and you're like, what time is it? And you're like, it's two o'clock in the morning. And you're like, how did we just sit here and talk for two, three, four hours or whatever? Like, where's time gone? You know? So to your point, I think it's, I think you, you nailed it. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's awesome TV to be able to watch and you, they take you on a journey. And Greg Whiteley did, uh, I mean, everybody's over the moon about this guy. There's there's nobody that looked bad, you know, at the end of the series, nobody looked bad. You're rooting for everybody and it's awesome. So I love it. Well, your boss for a while, I was fucking hating. <laughs> but anyway, I don't, I don't want to die. I don't, don't want to die. The, Go ahead, Jesse. I'm sorry. You said the boss? Well, the, the owner? Yeah, yeah. You're Mark? saying? Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. We're get there. I, I don't okay, want to get okay. much of that right now. But what I do want to ask you is obviously me and you know each other very well from your time in uh, total total nonstop action TNA. And um, you were tag team partners. I don't know if you're blessed or cursed um, mm-hmm. to be with one of my friends that he's such a jerk um, that you were multiple tag team champions with Robbie E. And you mm-hmm. guys were the bromance. Um, mm-hmm. I love the act. I thought it was awesome. There were several versions of this. Um, yeah. Robbie E is the most obnoxious prick I've ever met. Um, but I, I, I love him dearly, which is weird to say in one side of the mouth and then the other, but anyway, and you were just totally different than him and you just kind of went with his kind of flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to explain how this tag team was formed and how you maybe I would think, cause just knowing you at first, I think did kind of like give you a sense of, okay, I'm in the wrestling business for real right now. And I've got to turn this shit on. What, what is really not me. And, and if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, but explain to me how this went, went, went down. Uh, I, man, I'm trying to think of how it actually like originated and whatnot. Cause I know that at that time, remember when they were bringing in um, uh, like the Jersey shore guys and they're just there for pretty much like a one-off remember that. And then like, they were kind of just here and there and then gone um, just like literally there for a couple of tea and t- like a one appearance and whatnot. And then she was, he was doing that stuff. I don't think it was with Snooky, Right. But like a cookie, remember the whole cookie stuff and stuff oh like God, that. Yes. yes. And then it all kind of just literally, um, I don't know if it was Vince Russo that came up with the idea. Um, but it was just organic more so is what I was getting at. Like, obviously it was pretty close. Like, obviously I'm not too bad of a looking guy. Robbie is, you know, about as, uh, I don't even know the, the best word <laughs> manscapes more than I would even like care to, uh, uh, take credit for, um, with, and then just totally showcases everything, you know, when it comes to whether it's his teeth whitening or his eyebrows getting red or like him getting Botox on a, a weekly basis from what it seemed like. Um, but he's just a very well-kept man. And he, I mean, he looks good now, um, all hundred and, you know, 75 pounds of him. But and I think it was just, we complimented each other and it was organic, you know, at the end of the day, it was just like, Hey, let's try this. Cause you know how, I mean, there's a lot of hodgepodge. We had a lot of Joker's wild type stuff back then too, where they kind of just threw guys together and we took the ball and ran with it. And as soon as he started sinking his teeth into something again, you know, Robbie, 
he sees an opportunity. It's just like spud, you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, I got to make the best out of this situation as I possibly can instantaneously got gear made up with, um, uh, the gear lady, obviously. And we were off to the races and I just tried to not get drowned out by his personality because it's very overbearing, you know what I mean? And he's going to be able to take the reins and there's always, you know, in a tag team, like one person that kind of gets left behind or like one bruiser or like somebody that comes in to kind of like clean up stuff and whatnot. And I didn't want to, I wanted it to be as about an even kilt as, as possible, you know, when it came down to it. So just trying to hold my own. And I think it was fun. It was, I mean, it was definitely the best <laughs> in my wrestling career it was the most fun I probably had. Uh, <laughs> I think the bro off definitely helped too, you know, with Robbie T. I think on YouTube that, that, uh, that clip is crazy when it comes to views on there, um, with Rob Terry, um, myself and Robbie E. So it's, it was pretty cool. And it was awesome just to be a part of it. Cause you know, Robbie, like the, his brain is just outstanding when it comes to, you know, professional wrestling and what to do and what not to do type stuff, you know, me and Robbie used to dance around the country. You kidding me? Jesus. <laughs> right right that's uh and and <laughs> yeah he you just you can take robbie out of the tag team but you can't take the i mean what would be the best way because you could always see his um his version of whatever you know character he was kind of playing you know even when he had like the list with rob terry you know whether it was like the basketball dribble stuff inside there is like little you know <laughs> his lead, not necessarily even a leapfrog like didn't he do a toe touch for a while too and like all that kind of you know what i'm saying just like his 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 calisthenic athleticism was just like something else you know what i mean so but it it made him you know what i'm saying i was just trying to compliment it is the biggest thing so in you know jesse it's one of the things in in the the research that i did for tonight is something that i i think is you know sometimes is overlooked a little bit i guess because all these say okay it's wrestling but you're an ex you market yourself so well mm. and is that something that you learned you know you go back to your tna days in 2011 2012 um or is that something that you always had in your mind when you got into the business well, I definitely knew I was a brand and it's good. It's a very polarizing brand. So the people that are going to hear about it, you know, or, or like care to check it out. I had to keep voicing it too. Cause there's nobody's going to put you over other than yourself. You know, we're in a business that's very ego, ego centric and driven, you know, everybody cares about themselves and the screen time they have and the matches that they're in. Um, so nobody's going to put you yourself over. Um, and I knew that one, I had to look the part, you know, going into it. And now I just have to get as many eyes on myself as possible. There's, there's two different directions. I could have went with um, just the fame that I had from big brother, even just embracing like the total heel aspect of it. Cause at that time, I think it was Spencer Pratt um, was on a show and he was just full 100% heel. And that was right in line with like, when I took off with it, when I came out of big brother and I'm like, well, and then like, I don't know if you ever heard of bad Chad from like the bachelor and stuff like that, but he completely embraced it too. And kind of went that direction and like took that role on the only reason I say that is at any facet, whatever um, social media outlet, I'm just trying to scream it to the mountaintops and try to get as many eyes on myself. And then also, you know, have whatever federation or organization or company know that that machine that I have behind myself is going to be helping promote their, their product too, because there's an appeal to that. You know what I mean? 
and then just a cross pollination and being able to go to any um any news outlet or any kind of uh god like uh advertising outlet marketing outlet uh different channels when it comes to networks and whatnot and obviously be able to have you know this boy next door look or guy next door look and be able to to appeal to you know the, the common uh viewer uh when it came down to it and i think that's why like everybody kind of shares that same sentiment you know but i just knew i had to embrace it and it, and it definitely separates me from a lot of other people for sure time consuming but right <laughs> what for a while there you you kind of uh disappeared and wrestling did a lot more you know um roles and and soap operas and things like that um what made you decide to kind of go back in in the world of wrestling when you took a little hiatus for a couple years so i also even during that time um chris roach and krista joseph actually had um lucha underground uh as well and that was in la and like i don't think anybody really knows this but they were signing like some pretty crazy contracts and they actually mm -hmm. wanted me to like a seven-year contract while while they were like still up and running and whatnot when i was doing those first couple appearances and stuff i just didn't know what was going on biggest thing is i wanted to see and exercise everything that i could when i was out in california my son was also born at that time so anybody that's had their first child obviously like everything kind of changes you know um all of those things kind of happen at the same time and i was just trying to focus on myself make sure that i had um all my you know, everything kind of in line to make sure that I could be putting myself first and I didn't have to worry about it, you know, any other schedules kind of the time back, but, um, definitely you don't lose the, the wrestling itch. I don't think that's true. If you've had any success in professional wrestling, if you've been able to, you know, travel where we've been able to travel and be inside shows and whatnot, or like do one move, one facial expression, cut one promo and, and elicit like a true emotion, like, that emotion is euphoric, you know, and you're chasing that dragon for the rest of your life practically. So, and I even have that at OVW, you know, so uh, just going forward, like it was just something that I just didn't, didn't, didn't like even impact at the time, you know, sent me a contract. I just opted not to, not to exercise it. You know what I mean? And that was all there was to it. Focused on myself. And then the, um, Chad Miller, obviously, as I'm sure you know, with Al Snow, kind of came back into to play with OVW. But I mean, yeah, I did a quite a bit of stuff. Like I think I was on Young and the Restless during that time. I shot a bunch of stuff for the talk. Um, I did Amazon's Tainted Dream. That was out in New York. Uh, I did like uh, another, actually, two things out in New York, and then like New Dogs Old Tricks. So it was like six different projects that I was on to during that time. You know. So, which are still on Amazon if anybody wants to check them out. So just. <laughs> Jesse, you know what I love about you, dude? What's that? You are not afraid to put yourself over. Uh, you got to, dude. Like, <laughs> what's, what's crazy is like, you know, people can go on and on and on about all these accolades and stuff. And like, I can too. And then like, people are just like, oh my God, like this guy needs to shut up. But it's, it's like, they're all true, you know? And every one of them is like a building block of something else. So I think, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Hey, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, dude. Now, here's the something. Part I'm just What'd you say? The hardest part is just remembering them all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got some shit. We're going to get to God. I can't wait. Um, anyway, so October 27th, during Bound for Glory, the pregame or pre-show, I guess, uh, Mr. Olympia, Phil Heath, 
was accompany you. I thought that was really cool. Now, is there was there a previous relationship that you knew him from? I'm assuming in the in the uh, uh, muscle business, I guess, because that's where you, you know bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you were you jacked about that? How did you feel about that? How did that come oh, about? God. I well, one, I knew I had to be in phenomenal shape. So before he actually even showed up, I mean, and keep in mind, this dude is the best bodybuilder in the entire world, like for years. So he's equivalent to like Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and Ronnie Coleman. So if you guys know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, obviously, but Ronnie Coleman is, is as well. And like this guy, one, he's a huge wrestling fan. And what's crazy is like, uh, there's so much cross pollination for fan base when it comes to professional wrestling, as well as bodybuilding. Cause most bodybuilders, even, you know, me being sponsored by muscle tech right now, the boogeyman who we have, like he's a huge, and he does tons of like viral videos and whatnot that are online that it, like, if I showed you who he was, I guarantee you already know who he is. Um, I don't he did one like on the beach where he's like shampooing somebody's hair and he kept like shampooing his hair and he couldn't yeah, get it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like millions of views, this guy, like millions of views. That, that thing, guy was like a huge bodybuilder or something, right? That he means, still is. Yeah. No, he, yeah, yeah. I think he just got second place over, um, overseas and stuff, uh, or third place, but he did, he's doing awesome. And when we started talking and whatnot, he, uh, he said, Hey, that kind of all stems from just being a fan of professional wrestling. And I know that Phil is a huge fan of professional wrestling. He would have loved to, you know, continue to come, which is crazy. Cause like one, I would just be like this dude, you know, like one of his arms are probably insured for like one or $2 million. So like, you know, how easy it is to like, somehow like slip fall, get hurt inside there. You know what I mean? And he's like 300 pounds and just all man me. So I'm just like, oh my, I would be nervous for him just being even like remotely close to the ring. So like, don't hurt yourself. Cause like your body is your capital is your brand, you know, but it was crazy that like, that's it's unheard of, you know, imagine walking, imagine guys, you know, in the eighties and nineties walking out there with Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or Ronnie Coleman, like that was the equivalent to what Rob, uh, Robbie E and myself got to do. And he was out there and like muscle, you know, uh, muscle and fitness, I believe like put us on our inside, uh, their magazine for it and whatnot. And the coverage was awesome. He had a great time. I was over the moon elated about it. Um, and then we had an even better relationship afterwards. Like I knew of him, but like having something like that definitely like solidified, um, just a friendship, you know, going forward and whatnot. And just, you can't ask for a better dude and just, he was is it was crazy it was crazy i couldn't even have dreamed of that if if he told me you know what i mean so 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 explain this to me real quick and then i'll let the guys jump in here um and i'm not being stupid this is for me and the listeners and probably fucking rj and fucking daniel look at them um but no i'm kidding but like (laughs) obviously you look different than a regular wrestler to me okay obviously i go to the gym i can you know i i look like you know guy with that's working out you look like a guy that eats weight like a guy that fucking has muscles that there shouldn't be muscles and things like that mm-hmm. here's where i wanted you to kind of maybe just touch on what makes like say phil heath better than another guy is it because he's bigger and has more definition mm-hmm. is it, what is it like because because they i've watched it before and kind of like they all kind of look fucking jacked and big and yeah. fucking you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't understand yeah. how this is judged. I don't understand how it's judged. So you're just saying in professional bodybuilding in general, it's it's definitely all it's it's judged by a human being. 
So it's all in the eye of the beholder. Cause there was guys that I was huge fan fan of. Um, I think his name was Tony Freeman and he's called the X factor. So like in essence, you want to look like an hourglass, just like a woman, the same way we kind of turn to a woman that looks like an hourglass, that figure, that's what's appealing. And then symmetry, you know what I mean? So like when they're up there, if they had like a big, huge upper body and then no legs or like no calves, you're like, oh man, this guy, you know what I mean? So you just as like a commoner could be like, okay, these guys unproportional. So that's really like your biceps and, and triceps are supposed to be the same size as your calves. Your legs are supposed to be the size of your waist. Like everything is like, you see what I mean? Like goes down to how you've shaped it. And then it comes down to conditioning. And then it's like how you pose. So like any of those variables can start to separate yourself from somebody else. Cause like you could, you know, you could have a Ferrari, but it it's dirty and it doesn't look as good as a McLaren or something like that. You know what I mean? Or however you want to kind of compare stuff. So like all in like the presentation of it too, or like a five course meal, if you will. And there's no garnishes. Whereas, you know, somebody else has all these garnishes that don't mean anything, but it looks a lot prettier. You know what I mean? So just like the package of it all, but with Phil, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, when, when you look better than, than the award statue that you're getting, like that, that's where, that's where those guys kind of take off, you know, but, you know, and then in the olden days, it was a little bit different because they weren't as big, like, cause now these guys just carry around, I mean, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds of mass that like, wasn't even during Arnie's day, uh, day and age. And then Ronnie Coleman was like 300 pounds just walking around and like shredded. I think I saw something on the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> And I don't know if it's true, but he was saying that it's like 0.33% body fat. So less than 1%. And then he'd normally walk around like off season at 3% body fat. But if you watched him train and whatnot, I mean, other than a couple of times, it's just like, that's how these guys actually just walk around. I mean, like a Clydesdale horse, you know what I mean? And like all the variations and, and stuff like that. It's it's crazy, but separation, um, vascularity, the height, the actual sheer mass of it. Cause there's guys that look blocky because they're too short. There's guys that look too lengthy. You know what I mean? And in, in the, in the bodybuilding that I did, cause I turned pro through the WNBF, which is world natural bodybuilding federation. I did that when I was 20, um, almost did it when I was 19, but I 20 days, like 20 days after I turned 20, I turned pro, but I mean, for the lack of better word like what's that i did uh, you're you're fantastic bro i oh, just turning it around about myself hold on let me tell you this yeah the reason why I think this is like we all look like a bunch of deformed swimmers you know what i mean it's like michael phelps like michael phelps is shredded can't be any leaner you know but like he can't really carry that muscle mass there's there's pro um, natural bodybuilders that actually can and that look a lot better, but then obviously we're getting accused of like PDs and all this other stuff. And it's like, there can't be any more rigorous testing than, than like what we go through but when it comes to those guys. And it comes to like the judging aspect of it. Yeah. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. Granted, there's a panel of, of judges that are obviously doing the same thing. Um, but who knows, who knows what kind of politics are going into that or, you know, who are the sponsorships that are paying for stuff. Absolutely you know, and, and whatnot, but you'd like to hope that you have a fair shake. It's not like a scoreboard or any, anything that's, um, dictated by time or score, you know, it's, it's something where it's definitely all in the eye of that, that judge. So. So is it fair for me to say that I should not be as pissed off at this fucking douchebag that I think is a douche in my gym 
that does all the posing bullshit in this mirror and makes everyone in the gym look at him. And don't get me wrong, he's a big son of a bitch. I mean, he's a big bitch. But God damn, don't you have a mirror at home? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I, I can't speak for him, obviously. Uh, there's definitely a time and place for everything and more people have confidence and then more people can be completely oblivious to it. Like if he's paying his bills, you know, off of making sure that he looks good. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, and that's why it's like in today's day and age, it's like, I mean, there, there's a lot crazier things than going on than, than people just posing in mirrors. I, I get that. It's annoying for sure. So I don't, I, I don't know. How, I can't vouch for him. So may, I mean, what you could do is like, you know, go hit him. Go hit him and see what happens, you know, I guess. <laughs> That's the waters. No, I'm good. His arm's like so big. He can close line me and take my fucking head off. Oh, okay. You've had that happen oh, before, don't, though. Don't act like you haven't had that right, happen right. before. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. You know, maybe he'll work the punch. Yeah, but at least I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when you doing the bodybuilding and everything, uh, you know, of course, that was that the – transition to you know someone saw you there or maybe you know you decided to to go into the big brother aspect of it like how did that come about was it was it um was it no, bodybuilding? Great, yeah so i was working for the railroad i was eating all the time um railroad is actually union so i could stop and eat and do whatever i wanted it actually is very conducive for a bodybuilder <laughs> in my day and age because i was only 19 um, when I gained like the freshman 15, um, going into college and whatnot during those years, everybody just accused me of being on anything. I mean, my parents combined made $40,000 a year. This is all that backstory is really prevalent to my story is because like that was a catalyst for everybody accusing me my entire life of being on shit, you know, at the end of the day. So I've heard it my entire life. I look the same almost my entire life. It's like Rob Terry, like that guy has been a freak of nature. Like, and I don't know if you've seen his mom and whatnot, like he's a freak of nature. Like he's Mr. Olympia, natural Olympia for a reason. Um, but when I turned pro because of everybody else, um, I was just, I had like, I'll, I'll show you MFers type of mentality going into bodybuilding. And then I just found out that I had a knack for it and I won. Um, I knew that when I won and I was the youngest natural professional bodybuilder in the country, I had to mean something to somebody somewhere, but sitting in Iowa, like I wasn't going to find that somebody. So I moved to California after I won another talent search thing out in Las Vegas. Um, and that's when I had a fitness manager out there after I took a couple photo shoots and whatnot, and people actually knew what I looked like, um, that were actually like professionally shot. And that manager then entered a handful of people into the casting for big brother, when I showed up, I just said my story, kind of said where I was and what I was doing. I was 22 at the time, and they liked me enough to get get on the show. And then everybody, there's, a, I mean, because there's thousands of people that try out for Big Brother. You know, you definitely have to be yourself and whatnot. And I've talked to tons of people that are like, oh, man, I've tried. I've tried to get through the, the process and whatnot. They're literally casting for specific people, you know, in specific niches um, throughout the country and whatnot. And I fit the bill and took the ball and ran with it i thought i was a baby face on the show obviously i was not um they can't fight city hall and uh then i just got brought back but i was a personality that people couldn't forget you know again i know i'm, I'm super polarizing and whatnot but with unfortunately you know 80 to 85 percent of america being fat obese or overweight like not a lot of people can resonate with some 
boy next door that's going on there and flexing all that. I was the guy flexing in the mirror on television. So like, I'm, I'm that guy. So the hatred that you have in your own gym and in like your own space of where that should be accepted. <laughs> I'm throwing everybody's uh, TV on primetime television three times a week for like two summers in a row. So that's where I was getting my heat from. And uh, yeah, so that's it. I just took that fame though and parlayed my physique and that fame from Big Brother, just like the reality television. Obviously, Chris, Chris Roach had a huge, huge part in it. And uh, I can't thank him enough and help me, you know, launch my actual professional wrestling career. Um, it's talking with Dixie and stuff. I'm going to touch on this real quick, and then we're going to move on to our third count. I have to, because because it's it's actually a funny story, Jesse. And this is a true story. I swear to God, I swear to my kids. I would never swear to my kids unless it was actually 100% true. So we already touched on me not being a Netflix guy, a sports fucking beer drinking prick, whatever. All right. My wife at the time when I was married and my mom, who was actually living with us, who had cancer, who's now completely in remission. She's good to go. Um, we're watching this show called Big Brother. Um, they wanted me to watch it because they said it was good. I'd like it. And da, 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 da. I fought it and fought it and I ended up watching it. And I actually became addicted to it because of you. And and I'm not bullshitting. And I can tell you right now, my mother, my not wife now, and a few other people that would like watch it with us hated your fucking guts. Nice. But I'm opposite because I'm a wrestling fan. And yeah. I love. And you yes. were jacked. And I was like, yeah, this dude's going to fucking win. Fuck these bitches. And so yes. Yes. it's the truest story. I'm not lying to you. And, and it, it, then when I when, when when you came to TNA and I told them that you were there, they were like, oh, my God, he's got to be the biggest prick. I went, actually, no, he dresses right beside me in the same trailer. And he's the coolest motherfucker I've ever been hung out with. Wow, it's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And how many big brothers have you been on? A fucking hundred? Yeah, so I think it's the most ever. So, <laughs> and, they, and we did some voiceover stuff, dude. That's awesome. That I I didn't even know that story. That's that's really cool. Because and what's it's it's crazy because it's it's it's. I mean, one when you're inside the show, obviously no villain ever thinks he's the villain, you know. And and to your point, like you've you've met me in real life. It's like, hey, if they keep bringing me back, either I'm not as a bad guy as as everybody thinks. Or I'm holding somebody's like, you know, family member hostage, like in a basement somewhere to keep getting brought back on at this point. Cause like, this is just, it's, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Um, that's awesome. And, and like I said, I, I had a feeling that I had a very polarizing <laughs> personality, but that, that story <laughs> just definitely puts a button on it for sure. That's, that's funny. Just, you have no idea. They could not stand you. I mean, they, the, the things I heard women that don't cuss say that were cussing was, oh, yeah, it was uh, I, mean, I, I, I remember my uh, uh, similar concept and my ex-wife at the time. I mean, she, she was watching the show. She was like, yeah, this guy's see, look at him. He's he's something else. He thinks he's this. And that. I mean, she hates you. Couldn't stand you either. But you was also like, you know, you were America hated you because you were you were put up against, you know, Jeff and Jordan, who was like, you know, the America's couple, you know, too. And they wanted them to succeed. And here you are, like trying to break them up and. You know, you know, and all that stuff. So, 
But Daniel, I don't want to cut you off. That's exactly what it was, dude. I remember now because see, yeah. that's what I'm telling you. I have a short mention time when it comes to all that. Yes, they were so into that couple, and you were like yeah. ruining it, and they were so fucking mad, dude. I was just like, I love this dude, man. Like, I want to see him break this shit up. <laughs> so the Joker can't be, or the Batman can't be Batman without the Joker. Right. Yeah. So I was obviously somebody that had to, there had to be storylines where it's just like, oh no, is this guy? And mind you, I'm just wrecking house in there. Like whatever I like the first season that I was on there, I was either up on the block or HOH. Like I was either going out the door or fighting for myself, which is why that there's that little bleep where like I had to go through honey and like, I was just in like my back was against the wall during that competition where I was going home and I just turned into like this maniac. And like, I had that green thing and I like ripped my shirt open. Dude, you couldn't write that TV. Like my <laughs> body was all bliss. I was still tan because it was like summer and I ripped my shirt open and I was like all shiny from the honey and stuff. And I was just, I was just, you couldn't tell me nothing. And I was 22. Think of a 22 year old that's Jack. Like you can't tell them anything. <laughs> right. Like the, the mindset and like the actual, the machismo and the bravado that I was walking around with. Like I thought by you couldn't stop me. It didn't matter who these people were. You know what I mean? So like when I was on that show, it was just so much fun, like to, to look back on it now and whatnot. But while I was sitting in there living it and whatnot, I made so many baby faces in there because of the unorthodox way I was navigating the waters inside the game. Because um, it's it's probably one third, you know, relationships, one third competition, and then one third luck. And like anybody that's played it can tell you that. Because I mean, I got a ball in a cup one time and I became an HOH. Like, did I stay up, you know, countless hours and like practice that? Absolutely not. Did I guess anything? No, I got lucky and I got a cup or a ball inside a cup and became HOH. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> But then there's other stuff where like you got to memorize stuff. My memory's garbage. You like can't spell that well. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> like all this, trying to spell a 13 letter word and like, you know, on time and you're like have national like pressure on you to like actually spell continuously. And I forgot a U. Oh, yeah. Like, OK, spell continuously yourself real quick and then now have like the pressure of trying to find all the letters. But Dude, it was, it was awesome. And then, you know, cause I was getting the first, <laughs> the first season I was with, um, uh, oh God, what was his name? Jerry, who was like the eldest, um, male to ever compete on reality television. And I was getting into it with him. <laughs> so obviously like, I'm like, making fun of him or like just doing like little, like innocent things, like making fart noises and stuff. And then the second season, um, I was on there it was with Rennie and I got into it with her, you know what I mean? And it's just like, Oh my goodness. So I, I started out and like tripped on the block, you know what I mean? So it was just, that, that was where we took off, but yeah, Jeff and Jordan were definitely America's sweethearts and they still are. I mean, Jeff has his stuff and he's had great success, like outside of the show. And he looked like a soap opera star, like being inside there. So every, every, you know, any, any kind of female fan base that he had was, was definitely rooted for sure. Oh God, Jesse, I, 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 I want to talk about this forever, but I mean, I don't want to take everything off. All right. So look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back to our third count. Mm. We're going to talk about the Netflix series, the sensational Netflix series, the wrestlers that you are obviously in. That's why you're on here. This is our second part of our three-part series. When we come back, we'll be back with Jesse Goddard. We're going to talk about Netflix series, the wrestlers. We'll be right back. Let's head up to our third count. 
let's talk about sex, guys. Shouldn't you always be at your best? 2023 is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in the line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Don't be that guy that says, I don't need it. You don't know until you try. You could be missing out on the best sex of your life. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived and always leave them satisfied and wanting more. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code REFIN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code REFIN, R-E-F-I-N, to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this show today. Blue Chew, chew it and do it. is your three count. We're back with our third count with our guest here, Jesse Goddard. Uh, Jesse, you know, we touched on it briefly, the uh, Netflix series, The Wrestlers, just absolutely phenomenal. It's t- really taken off. I've actually watched the whole series twice already. Um, Just because I have, well, Probably I have no life, but anyways, it's that good. Um, Just because you get to see, I look at it this way. I saw certain things the second time around that I didn't see the first time around. So I'm like, okay, I want to see how they portrayed this character. They portrayed that character. Like, I think the first time was, um, I really took a shiny to Haley's J, how they portrayed her. Second time around, I got with uh, Cash Flow. So... I said that to say this. It's did you looking at it now, obviously being a part of it, looking at it on Netflix, do you kind of see that as well? Where you kind of fi- see certain things a certain way multiple uh, another time you watch it? Absolutely. Cause the way the viewers actually watching it, you know, cause you could have had a good day, you could have had a bad day. How, what, whatever you're going to be kind of wanting to fill your cup full of is what you're going to be seeking out. And it's just like reading a book for the second time. You know, you're going to pick up things uh, at a different point in the book that you read the same exact book, but it's just hitting differently. You know, same with like, if somebody's watching anything else that they actually want to want to rewatch and like, just like a movie, you know what I mean? You're going to pick up things like little subtleties that you didn't pick up the first time because you're so captivated by one storyline or, or one emotion that like, you're still riding on from like the episode before, like you're actually actively seeking out, you know? Um, but when it comes to those guys, I think, I think it's smart to do it, uh, watch it twice. I'm actually going to like schedule watching it uh, a second time myself. I, I definitely just, I think I burned through the first like four right away. Um, and then I did the next three, like the very next day or something like that. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's, it's all on, it's all on the viewer, you know, when it comes to like the casualty or the, uh, the casual viewer, um, just passing by it, I don't think they're ready for like what they're <laughs> going to be investing in and how fast the story takes off, you know, cause in that first and Netflix knows like the guys uh, for BBC know, um, you got that first episode to get somebody to watch that second one. So it needs to be so good that they watch the second one. But I think it's so like the first two or three are so good. Like people don't want it. Like they'll just try to binge the whole thing or the whole series. I don't, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that actually only sat down and watched one, you know? Um, I think it's at least two or three. So. None of that is, is, is they've never said if they've stopped at two or three and because they, you know, realize that like you mentioned earlier, it was two o'clock in the morning or whatever, it's time to go to bed <laughs> or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's not that they're, they're, they're planning on going, they can't wait to go back and watch it. They've, I haven't heard anybody say, oh, I watched two episodes and I was done. I couldn't watch anymore. They've all can't wait to see the, the rest of the episodes if they've stopped, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, and that's what's cool about the writing and the production and everything they did. Uh, and I say writing, but storytelling, they they told, uh, putting that together um, in that uh, aspect of it. Uh, real quick, to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, we talked about um, Big Brother uh, on the previous count and or go behind the scenes. One of the things I want to give you props on is that when this was announced and we were told as a group, hey, this is happening, they're coming in on this date and we're filming this. And, you know, you were you were a great leader because you've been there before for having cameras around in our faces when we're using the restroom or wherever it may be being mic'd up all the time. And, you know, hearing conversations that you probably, you know, let them let people know, Hey, they're going to hear things you may not want to hear. Be ready. They're going to, they're going to want, they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to be a camera around you when you least expect it, be ready. And, and that was kind of cool that you were able to kind of Al as well, because Al did tough enough, but you were able to kind of help be the leader of that from, from the boys and say, Hey, boys and girls, I guess, and say, Hey, uh, you know, this is what to expect. This is what to, to kind of, you know, be prepared for. And, you know, I believe it helped us all feel more relaxed when they were there because yeah, we have cameras. We're filming when we get in that ring, but backstage, we don't have cameras, right? We don't have cameras following us around to the car, you know, to shows and on the road and to the bathroom. And, but we did this time. Um, so Tell us a little bit about like, did you feel like in like that was your responsibility as a locker room leader to kind of do that? Or did you just kind of want to say, hey, look, I've experienced it. I want to, you know, I want you to know what you're getting into just so you can be prepared for your life going to change like it changed mine. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it was the latter, to be completely honest with you, because. (laughs) <laughs> my personality is still very polarizing because like when i start talking i feel like people are just like oh, okay jesse thinks he knows everything you know such such as brian and all of his entire family <laughs> except for brian no it, it it has to be received because i mean it's it's tough because one yeah i've been to you know been to different organizations and, and federations that have had success and whatnot so like when i talk talk they start talking i'd like to hope that people know that it's like from a genuine like heartfelt you know wholesome part of of myself and that's why i even care to say anything you know when you're when you're a parent like you're only trying to help your kids not mess up like and make the same mistakes that you did you know you're not trying to tell them anything and first off you would never tell them something to set them up to fail you know, and 
genuinely, if I'm going to waste my breath or like even open my mouth to try and tell somebody something, it's just like in the gym, like, and if they can ask me, so the people that don't ask, I don't tell them because they probably know everything. And the people that do ask, I'll tell them the first time they don't use it or do it best of luck to them because I know they're not going to take anything that I tell them to heart and actually change what they're doing. When it comes to OBW, there's so many guys that I'm sure, you know, Daniel, like there's a handful of guys that people look up to. And I get talked to, you know, after every match, like, Hey, you did this great. Like, man, this, you do this so awesome. And in my mind, I'm just like, and you can too, you know, I was just trying to share my experience. Yeah. And do exactly what you said. You just say, Hey, I've been to this kind of dance before. Here's, here's what could happen. Make sure, you know, mind your P's and Q's, but it's going to be, it'll be intrusive. If you let it be, um, it'll be really raw if you let it be. And that like the, the more open and honest you can, be with these guys. Like, I mean, like, cause there, there's people that are kind of, you know, took the ball and ran with it. Obviously Haley J had to get very vulnerable to be able to share the stories, which is the reason why people can sink their teeth into her character and actually want to see her succeed, you know? Um, so when it comes to that, like, that's exactly what I was trying to get across in those messages is like, have fun with it make it, it, it you're going to be able to make it what you want. Um, so how that was received, who knows, <laughs> whatever, you know, how it is at the end of wrestling shows or at the beginning of wrestling shows, people are just like, all right, I either want to get out of here. I'm tired and, and whatnot. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I definitely will, will share anything that I have to say with them for sure. Cause I care about everybody. You, you've been and done a lot in the outside the wrestling world. And if people don't know, I'm sure you'll tell them, um, <laughs> I'll be on Twitter real quick. <laughs> but what did you find really like, and because of all the experience you've had with other stuff, what did you find more, most interesting? Like, in other words, what did you find like maybe the way they shot things, the way they asked things? What 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 was it that was like, wow, this is fucking crazy. I, this is something different. Did you find any of that, or was it all kind of the what you were used to and what you thought with wrestlers? Yes. Yeah. The, the way they kind of had all the storylines for everybody, you know, cause like, obviously there was an a storyline, B storyline, C storyline. Um, they followed different people, different people got, you know, I can't believe that they, they followed along with Brian so much. Like Brian almost had an entire episode, one of the announcers and stuff. And like your heart goes out to him um, and whatnot. And then I know like, you know, his work rate, and I know how hard he was trying to, you know, and, and I've also talked to, to Matt afterwards, you know, like that one time where he didn't get to see his kids and stuff. And we've all sacrificed that. We all know what that's like and have that conversation. Um, and, you, you know, you call the misses and or whoever it is at the time. And you're like, hey, so or even the kids and you're like, hey, so I'm not going to make it like work kind of took over. And it's like as if we don't have enough on our plate as just dads and like as men you know, that we're trying to juggle. And then that on top of it, like is the whole reason we're doing everything. And now we don't get to see him or we, we kind of have to go back on our word. It's just crushing. So it was awesome to kind of see that. Cause I didn't even know, like I, you know, I knew he was like out running around and stuff like that and doing promotions and whatnot. But you know, to that degree, I didn't even know the, to the magnitude of like what he was sacrificing and stuff. Um, so that was, that was pretty crazy. I didn't know much about, you know, cash flows history. I didn't know that Freya was living in a, a tra like an RV trailer. Um, and like they were shooting it and that was just, just those shots by itself, like her inside her own trailer, you know, like a camper. Um, 
it's just so crazy and just so raw. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's what I'm getting at is like, they show the beauty of like the sacrifices that are being made to pursue, you know, this facade of like a career that we're trying to, you know, have this superstardom be birthed from, you know, all coming out of the vehicle of OVW underneath the brainchild of the Muppet master of, of Al Snow over here, you know? So that's how do you, how do you think you were portraying this? I mean, are you happy with it? <laughs> um, so yes i love it like greg did a great job like i fit the, the bill for what he needed me to you know what i mean whether it's like comedic relief like or whether it was like showcasing me i'm just happy that i was in it you know what i mean i i would the fact of the matter is like they had what they needed with everybody else and greg and his team did such a like beautiful job i wouldn't have changed anything you know what i mean wait Sincerely. wait 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 what jesse hold on hmm. hold on I, I, this is something you should have said. Now, now I'm going to say it. They would be a complete fucking idiot to not have you involved in it. Mm. I mean, Jesus, it's the face of what's your thing. I'm sorry. The face yeah, no, no, but yeah, the face that runs the place, man. I, I'm the face of Netflix as far as I'm concerned as of right now in the present day. Absolutely. No, for oh. sure. And I, I'm all over every flyer. Like I can't. Like it's it's just perfect. You know what I mean? I I love it. I love it. You showed the best. I mean, that my my son got in there. He was happy as a clam. Like I mean, it was great. The the segue was on there. I was tanning, dude. Like I couldn't ask for more. It was it was the best. It was the best. But don't stop putting yourself over. Fuck. I had to. Oh, make no, 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 no. My favorite. I'll go wake, wake my son up. The star of the show, real quick, if you need me to. <laughs> one of one of my favorite one of my one of my favorite scenes is when you're when you're on your Segway uh, cutting uh, oh, uh, tree flat. limbs or whatever. Or uh, and I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? And, which is funny because as a shoot, as a real thing, yes, Jesse shows up. At OVW on the Segway and comes riding in on it every single every day. Every day. That's what he does. And it's like he just goes, Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm I'm writing the board, which you've seen me do. I'm writing the board. He comes behind me. Hey, what's up, Daniel? Hey. And we fist bump and he goes on. He just rides right behind me, literally mm -hmm. goes in this spot. And I'm like, Yep, that's that's exactly it every day. So it's uh, I'm glad they show I'm, showcase that. I'm not no, carrying no. that thing. That thing is like 45 pounds. Daniel, have no, you picked that? No, I picked it up. It's very heavy. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's super heavy. That, the key to that, Jesse, was you were saying it helps you get less carbs or some shit. But <laughs> I don't burn any calories. I'm very efficient. <laughs> once you once you start riding around on that thing, like to be honest with you, like you almost you almost look at people <laughs> that walk as like less than. I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> like ah, that's that's kind of like peasant. That's kind of like peasant stuff there. <laughs> oh, you walked here. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I just rode this gimmick. <laughs> dang so i have one of those uh, hoverboards the smaller ones i don't have one of the segways though so that's i can only imagine how much better those things give are it time give, give it time give it time daniel oh, um I'm, i want to talk I'm, about I mean, you i'm talk living in the future i'm living in the future sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know you're good we talked about briefly about the how great this production was on this series but mm -hmm. from seeing it as much as I have, it it's it builds it so what from one episode to another. Basically, you work from one episode, I think it was seven episodes, correct? So yeah. from one to seven, it's the build, it's the build, it's the build, and the culmination at the end. I'm not gonna spoil for anybody, but Daniel talked about it on his show. Dude, I I had I little had goosebumps, my hair was standing up. I even shed a tear at the end of it because it's like the end of a good movie. 
And it's just like, because <laughs> to me, to me, and I, I go back to, I said that to say this, you go back to when I was, you know, my son's age, he's 11, he's 12. And you remember when, you know, Hulk Hogan beat, you know, Andre the Giant or Hulk Hogan beat Sergeant Slaughter. And it brings that emotion back and you play on that emotion. And that's what I think sets this series apart from every other series, whether it be professional wrestling, whether it be any type of sports. Is, is that something that you, you you went through it? Now you're watching. Is that something that you've seen as well, Jesse? Yeah, I lived with it. Uh, I mean, I mean, I lived all of this and I rub elbows with all these guys and their stories like to go that much more in depth, first and foremost, is a testament to Greg Whiteley, because he's the fellow that's asking the questions that that get these responses. You know what I mean? And I can't say that enough because he's so good at what he does and his vision, you know, and being able to put this entire thing together, he was able to ask the right questions to get these guys and these characters to give the answers that then were aired and showcased that brought that out of you. The same guys that have been at OVW for the last you know year, two years, three years. Shira, we all know Shira. Every single one of us. Look at the baby face, the sheer heart. Like it's giving me chills now just talking about how proud, like, I am of him because anybody first and foremost that comes over from another country just has a story in and of itself. Like I always, my heart always goes out to somebody that will sacrifice that. But for him, literally not only coming here, but then doing what he needs to do is, is, is crazy. And like multiple times throughout the entire series, I got the chills a couple of times I got choked up because I saw like, you know, cash, a storyline and stuff like that. And, you know, going all the way fast forward to the end. Absolutely. Like, I think it's, the, the, it's just a testament to how great Greg is. I can't just give him enough kudos. I I, I mean, he's the uh, creator of um, Cheer and Last Chance U. Um, and I'm pl- pretty sure he's won one Emmy, if not two Emmys already. So like, dude knows what he's doing. And like, he has said like, this is his best work and it, and his, it, the most favorite or his favorite project that he's worked on. You know, so to whatever that's worth, like that's coming from a guy with the talent that's in OVW. And that's why it's, it's just, it's crazy, you know, to your point. So people that want to watch just anything in it as a, a casual viewer will definitely, you know, appreciate the show. The The fact of the drama that's in it is it's, it's an Emmy award winning producer, man, but you know, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> or a director, like he's the creator of the show. And I think that's just, it's just a testament to his work ethic and his vision for it. You know, I feel like, um, you know, that this particular Netflix series is for everyone. I do, but I feel like too, though, that when you're in the business, such as myself for so many years, the emotional parts are there. Um, especially me now as a retired referee from professional wrestling for over 25 years or whatever, yada, 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 you know, it, it, it hits deep to you too, as well. And I, I, I guarantee you if, 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 if there were wrestlers, older wrestlers that may be active or not active and were to sit down and watch this series, I guarantee you there'll be fucking tears flying out of their eyes. Guarantee that. And that's because he, Greg, knew how to touch that person, but also knew how to touch a regular person. 
and, I, and the reason why I say that is because my best friend and my roommate, I'm not, not my roommate, which my best friend and his girlfriend, sorry, watched the series with me, know nothing about wrestling, especially his girlfriend. He knows more because of me, but she knows nothing. She cried three times and doesn't know a fucking thing about the fucking business. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and what I'm saying is he was brilliant to bring out Anybody who wants to check this out, anyone. And I, I, I thought that was the captivating part for me. Uh, it was just that, geez, I know I can relate to this, but I'm looking over on the sofa and I see my best friend's girlfriend crying too. And I'm like, bitch, you ain't go through this. Right. You're like, we live this. I live this. Like, yeah. this is, this is what actually happens. Like, this is the sacrifices that we all need to make. And I think that's what I'm saying. It just, it resonates as a whole across the board. You know what I mean? Because so many people like grow up when they're kids and they're just like, oh, I want to be a, a professional athlete or a basketball player, a football player, a ballerina, a doctor, you know, a lawyer, this, that, and the other thing, a business owner, whatever it is. And that dream dies when life kicks you in the teeth and life kicks you in the teeth again, even when you're down and it kicks you in the teeth, whether it's relationship struggles, financial struggle, struggles, struggles. Um, it didn't really even touch based on too much, how much pain we're actually in. Yeah. They showed the, you know, a, a brief stint of it you know in one episode when it came to like what happens you know when it comes i'm not trying to give too much away but like obviously the death match and stuff like that which is you know crazy just in and of itself but it didn't you know what i mean like it didn't follow anybody around to go to the chiropractor it didn't follow anybody around um you know when it came to like x-rays or things like that that could be definitely a completely different side but the fact of the matter is like he didn't need any of that stuff because it would probably only resonate with a very niche, you know, viewer. Mm -hmm. What would actually the all encompassing storylines that he did actually showcase, uh, Greg were the ones that hit home and resonated across the board, like a full umbrella of the spectrum, you know, whether it's East coast, West coast, man, woman, or child, like people can invest inside of it, you know, just because it's real and it, it's super raw. Like we weren't just going back, you know, behind the curtain, we were lighting the curtain on fire the cameras got inside the car. They came inside our homes. Um, and then they shot inside there because they were there for, you know, four months for like 12 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Like wow. they, they didn't stop like that crew, like did not stop. Um, and they just put everything into it, you know? So yeah, we were super antsy about it. And when it came, like it surpassed all of our wildest dreams, you know? So I, I can't, we can't thank him enough, you know, and definitely just, just check it out and give it one. And I've actually said this a couple of times. So if anybody's listening to this um, and everybody that's listening to this, if you watch this just one episode and you do not like it, I will personally let you punch me in the face. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't like, and you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> No, no it's, it, it, it's going to be, you're right. It's going to be hard not to, I mean, everybody I've, I've had more people, you know, I've been, you know, you and I, Brian, we, we've been on TV for a long time, right? We're on TV every week and all this stuff. And people that are non wrestling fans or non, you know, my family members or friends or whatever, people I haven't talked to in years have reached out and go, I just watched, saw you on Netflix. This is awesome. Bob. And they're not, they don't even, they're, they're loving it. They're not even, they don't care about wrestling. I'm going, well, wait a minute. First of all, I'm on TV every week. You're not watching that, but yet you're watching this and you're, 
thanking me or you're happy for me and proud of me because I was on this show. And I'm like, this is crazy. But it's just that's how that's how good it is, is that a non-wrestling fan will watch it and enjoy it. And it, maybe they turn on wrestling. Hopefully that's so. But may, but even if they don't, they at least watch this series and enjoyed it. And that's what it was all about for the casual fan, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, or the or the non-fan to be able to watch it and uh, and have something to uh, to pull from, you know, pull the, their their uh, their strings and. I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be like Jesse. I'm putting my fucking self over. I was on the first fucking three episodes. Fuck it. You was actually. You was. There you Hell go. Yeah. Our cat footage, but you was there. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know why? You can't you you can't show much shit that I wasn't in, no matter what it is. So there you go. You gotta you gotta get yourself over, like you said. Like you said. <laughs> yeah, the fir the first the first the first uh, time when they showed John Cena come walking out to challenge Kurt Angle, and there you are. And I'm like I literally message RJ and I'm like, Well, Brian's in episode one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's no, the cool. part of Netflix too, you know, and having that platform. Because in you know, the, these streaming services are taking over. Some people don't even have cable anymore. I mean, I personally don't, you know. Yeah, I personally I, don't either, yeah. Yeah, I've kicked around, you know, YouTube TV and stuff like that. Like things are changing. Everybody's like, whether it's on their phone or their tablet, potentially computer and stuff. Obviously, every every TV now is a smart TV and whatnot. People have apps, you know, whether it's Tubi, um, Amazon, you know, Disney Plus, you know, Paramount, whatever, what all of these other ones, obviously Netflix. I think they're in 180 countries, I believe, and like 233 homes. It's crazy, you know, it's crazy. So Hey, interesting question to you guys, uh, Daniel and, and Jesse. Uh, why is my my version that I watch subtitled? I think mine was too. I don't think I. You can go in the settings and take that out. Oh, you can. It, it's a setting. Your setting is set up to automatically subtitle, and you have to go and and change it. Um, I tried. Yeah. I tried, but anyway, that, that, that doesn't matter. I, I was just saying. I think that is. Yeah, I don't know. There's certain there's some there's some things that they give you subtitles regardless, like yeah. when Crixus is talking or Shira right. is even talking, things like that. I still don't <laughs> understand. They, they I'll tell you what, uh, there's the a funny thing is Crixus and Shira. I speak Shira now because I travel with him so much right. with impact and stuff, but but yeah. with Crixus, I don't speak Crixus to this day. And those two guys talking together, I don't even think Netflix knew what they were saying to even give them subtitles because you couldn't make <laughs> out what they were saying. So <laughs> You laugh, but I couldn't agree more. Like, if you ever have a conversation with Crixus, it's like, what are you talking about? Didn't I think there was? Yeah, it's they when he when he starts talking and whatnot. And even you know, just recently at OVW, I think there were some guys from the UK and whatnot, and they were talking to Crixus. And between the two of them, I couldn't understand a lick of what they were saying. So it was it was funny. It was funny. Those guys are just hilarious. And like obviously Crixus is the best. And that you see that shot of Crixus like blowing the, the water up in the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Crazy. And they thought just, and, that, and, and no wonder they made that the the poster for wrestlers. Like it because that was just an awesome shot. Like amazing. So awesome. So awesome. But yeah, I mean, I can't. Can't talk enough about Al, you know, I know Matt Jones, Craig Greenberg and Jeff Tublin. Um, and like, that was the whole reason this all even came together, you know, is because of Craig Greenberg. Um, and then Matt did have Matt Jones had a vision for it and to try and help Al out with it. Obviously, um, it came to fruition and stuff. And it's it's the best because 
they all believed in it. You know, they believed in everybody uh, that was on the active roster for OVW over this entire time. And then we just took what they gave us a, a platform and Greg came in and worked his magic. And when I say magic, like, you know, we've been raving about it for the last 30 minutes now. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, and it's, just, I'm just saying like the talent pool that's there, you know, when different people, it's just like anybody else that comes over. Um, like remember when Okada came to impact, went back, you know what I'm saying? It was like the young bucks, like these guys, like that's what I'm saying. Like the talent is there. And that's why it's like OVW is trying to be elevated to a completely different level. You know, and that's where we're at. And I think this is definitely doing it because the same way you were saying, hey, you know, friends that are local are like hitting me up and whatnot. There's people from other countries that are hitting people up. Like Shira's actual imprint, you know, on uh, social media has gone through the roof. Like he's a mega superstar in, in India and stuff like so what this, like, we haven't even seen the ramifications. Like it's like being on that, uh, a roller coaster and you you're in the front seat and you're already like going over the edge yeah. and the rest of the roller coaster hasn't made it up yet. Like somebody still has to let go of the back and like unhook the plow so we can shoot down well, the, and, the roller and that, coaster and, that, and see what and this that, ride is going to look like. And that's the way Netflix works. I mean, in general, and I know that I'm not, I want to say too much, but I know that we 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 got a timeline of how things are going to go out. You have your ultimate first weekend when it launches, what happens the first or week or whatever. Then you have your three or four weeks spin. You look back maybe a month, say, okay, this is what it's done. Then you have your six to, to eight weeks. And usually, I mean, I, I will just in general, when I'm hearing about a Netflix show, if it's if it's a series that's been out for a while like Cobra Kai or series two or, or season three or four is coming out you're gonna okay great you're gonna jump on it but if it's something that's new when it first comes out you 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 start people start raving about it and talking about it and talking about it and then finally you're like oh wow I I haven't watched this show yet I need to watch it you feel like you're missing out on something next thing you know you're one of the 200 million people that that have watched it at that point because it you know and, and three months has passed by because you're 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 now it's slowly building up to everyone so i think that's going to happen like you were mentioning it's gonna it's <laughs> taken off but three months from now it's going to be even bigger just because more eyes are going to be i gotta see this because everyone else is talking about it you know yeah, times esquire wall street journal um, all, you know what I mean? And like the list goes on and on and on the rotten tomatoes, like hundred out of a hundred, whether it's the actual rotten tomatoes, um, critics that were reviewing it as well as the audience, like it's a hundred percent out of hundred, like every single person, like not one person has, has said anything, you know, um, remotely or like, there's not like you can't critique anything. Everybody turns out to be baby, you know, or like, however you want to look at it. Like, it's right. just, it's crazy. And, and it's, 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 I'm over the moon about it. And like, I say that like over and over again, cause like, we haven't, we haven't found out like what this is actually going to transpire or turn into. So. So I, I want to say that I've, um, along with RJ, uh, Daniel, I don't know about you, but, um, I would, I would like to say that of course, Jesse Goddard is a guest on my show, and guess what? I have never recorded this late, and I wasn't surprised when I found out it had to be this late because it's Jesse Goddard's. And it's okay, Jesse, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I love you and expected it, and I even told them you'd be late joining the show. And guess what? You were only a minute late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, you know how this like this uh, Zoom gimmick goes. Come on, now you 
come on now it's like the window closes it freezes up i'm hitting it like oh come on of course it's not gonna work i was there i was there i was on time i was on time all right well i've only cried like four times of laughter but anyway um, <laughs> so unless you want to talk any more about the the, the 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 greatest series maybe that could possibly have ever come out um mm-hmm. We have some questions that we want to ask. I, I don't want to do a lot. We're going to do two fan questions and then whatever the boys want to do. But other than that, um, if you have anything else you want to say about the Netflix series, be more than welcome. If not, we'll get into the questions. Cool. No, I mean, I just can't thank the owners of OVW actually enough. You know, like those guys, like I said, saw a vision um, and took a chance in the sense of exercising their relationships. You guys know what it's like when you call on a favor and, you know, uh, Jeff Tublin, Craig Greenberg and Matt Jones, like they, they called all the King's horses and all the King's men to kind of have this work out, you know, and Al, uh, was along for the ride and he saw what it was too, cause this is his baby, you know, and this is something that he doesn't want to fail. Like I've, I've owned a couple other companies and stuff like that. And like, when it's your baby and when it's your name on the line, cause that's all we have at the end of the day, like what our name's worth on our back. Um, you don't, you don't want to have any disgrace and you want to make everybody proud, you know? And I think this is definitely something that everybody can, can, you know, be proud of just, just because of that sole purpose of Greg Whiteley coming in and saying, Hey, I'll, I'll take care of this. And we're all kind of like hesitant and kind of reserved on it in the beginning, but by the end of it, like we're all still workers, you know, and we, we opened up and once people had the familiarity of the people behind the cameras, behind the sound and stuff like that, people were a little bit more comfortable and, and things started rocking and rolling. So, um, yeah, those guys deserve a lot of credit for it. Cool. Cool. Good. So I have to say one thing before we get going, and this is a, you better not kayfabe me. Um, is there any talk of a wrestlers too? Mm, I would love for there to be one. I don't know any plans for it. I know that we're all focused on just this one right now. I mean, we trended for a week, I think like almost like eight days or something like that, you know, day after day after day, well, once it came out. So whatever, <laughs> whatever that's worth, like, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, I think everybody would love it. Everybody would love it. Of course we would love it. You know, and there's people that are requesting it and stuff like, do, does, do any of us have any control over any of that absolutely not you know what i mean even but, even, even greg whiteley doesn't have a controller control over that yeah. it's all a netflix thing netflix has a call yeah. for it so yeah, yeah. just keep watching Fingers it crossed. guys watch it over yeah. and over and over and share it and in more people the more eyes to watch it the more it it's a demand honestly watch it that second time like rj right like that second time because the biggest thing is like from my understanding is like yeah you can watch the first episode it's the people that watch it all the way through you know, because then they know that it's like a complete series and people actually wanted to watch the entire thing. That's why I'm saying you can punch me in the face. If you can honestly say <laughs> that you do not like this series, the very first one, because I like, I mean, I'm betting I'm a thousand. Like if you bet on this show, you're going to win. That's why there, I have no, there's no chance that you're not, you're going to say, no, it was, it was horrible. There's no way. There's no chance unless you have no heart and a pulse. That's the only way. You better pray to God my ex-wife don't watch it. Go ahead and watch it. <laughs> tell, her, tell, her, tell her to watch it. I'll, I'll give her my location. Like, here you go. Like, show up. Show up. Go ahead, Daniel. Jen, you good or you want me to go? Oh, no, go ahead. Go with the fan questions. Go ahead. 
All right. So I, I like this one actually by Cody, because this actually fits you. This really does. Um, if I can even read anymore, I don't do this late anymore. And, and you got me half drunk. Do you want me to do, do you want me do you want me to do it, Brian? No, I'm fine, dude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. But RJ, go ahead. Please, please. <laughs> do the question by Cody. All right. Okay, this, go is, ahead. this is great. Uh, it seems like nowadays most wrestlers don't look like traditional wrestlers. Uh, there has to always uh, been different body types, but now it seems rare to see someone built like you in the wrestling ring. Uh, thoughts on talent that have pushed an app who has been pushed, excuse me, as an absolute powerhouse, but don't look like they uh, could even choke slam Hornswoggle. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to. So, of course, I have a very, a, just a very strong opinion on the way a professional wrestler should look, you know, and that's just me. Um, first and foremost, it has to look like if the person's going to throw a punch, it's going to hurt. There's some people <laughs> that wrestle today where you're like, hmm, I bet I could take him. You know what I mean? But to pinpoint like who that exactly is, like, and like what organization, like first I could, cause my mind just goes to all the monsters. You know what I mean? I can't like, especially saying like Hornswoggle, like I can't think anybody that's golly, I'm trying to think da, 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 da. Cause like, even like, I mean, everybody has their cup of tea. Like we're the circus. You know what I mean? Like we have a sword swallower, a bearded lady, um, the strong man, um, the magic show, the magician, however you want to put it, the, the lion tamer, all of that kind of stuff. Cause you know, even like the luchadors, when it comes down to it, like, yeah, they're masked up. They don't look like very intimidating, but they're super fast. And like everything else is going to be able to excel. Like the, the move set that they have is very creative and athletic. Um, oh man, I wish I could give like a divinity uh, answer like somebody in particular but god like what you would just you just want me to bury somebody <laughs> i'm like like who, who do i hate enough to bury like i know you know like no i can't these guys have all like been able to excel and if they're on television like they're doing something right you know yeah um all right so well, you go ahead bro no no no. i i had something i want to add at the end actually yeah. Do one more do one more fan question and then I have something I want to add and then Okay. Cuz I'm sure this will be deep for him cuz it's it would be deep for me as well but uh, I right. just want to do the last do last one and I'll do another one. Okay. All right, this comes from WWE Master 2018. He asks if the Bromans were in WWE with DJZ what romantic storyline would you do? Select one of these 3 to do a storyline Shanti Bailey or Zelina Vega easy question for me <laughs> there it is What's there that? it is Brian said easy question Brian, who would you say who yeah. would you say um Zelina Vega easily yeah yeah um yeah yeah but I, yeah I mean she's yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say no, exactly. No, she's I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what else to say. I don't wanna like this is like it's like, hey, 
bury somebody or put yourself over and then get heat with like like shoot relationships like what is going <laughs> what do you care about heat at this point for fuck's sakes yeah that's it for, for the worker aspect of it come on now that's like, it, but, but, but for storyline wise uh shauncy oh story oh yeah oh yeah so since it's storyline <laughs> oh let me yeah, yeah. <laughs> selena for sure oh. like i feel like it'd be tough oh you oh, said storyline <laughs> yeah storyline wise i think shansay would be interesting because of her character and their care like it, it would it, there'd be clash that would cause great stories from it you mm-hmm. know just just from that standpoint but if we're choosing non-storyline of course <laughs> daniel, Vega. daniel fucking quit making goddamn sense yeah exactly exactly we're i'm trying, sorry we're trying to unpack this we're right trying to- Right, but then, right. like, why why is there a significance to having all the bromance too? Then, like, what does, like, there need to be three of us, or like, and then these three, and then we're I don't. So we have great we, we have great fabulous listeners that just like to peel the curtain back and just see what the fuck. Oh, that was that was an in depth. Yeah, that was a great question for sure. You definitely had to think. All right, so here's here, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. All right, I, I have a feeling this is gonna be something that you'll like. And this is question is from Brian Hebner. You got it. How much respect do you think that Al has earned in the wrestling world that people and people in the business didn't know the passion and the person that he truly, truly is? Even though I have traveled with this guy so long, okay? There are things that are true that were done on this on, on this on this series. There, there, there are. He's a uh, cut dry. He's a uh, you know. I, I'll, I'll stop talking. That's all I need to say. Mm-hmm. How much respect do you think he's learned through this or, or earned from everyone in the wrestling community? And now everyone that's not a wrestling fan says about Al Snow at this point. One billion percent. Like you, like he's literally keeping this afloat on his own back and has a never die mind mentality. He's sacrificing everything and like is willing to like sit on the Titanic and and go down with it, you know, if that's what it takes. And that's obviously not what he wants to happen. He's pouring his heart into it literally on a weekly basis, you know, losing sleep over it. And then as you guys know, (laughs) this is live. This is live television. So there's still talent, not naming any names, that are booked on the show. And Daniel knows, like, he's writing their name on the board that, like, oh, hey, they just decided not to come for whatever excuse there is. And that's why I'm saying to keep a business afloat, you're only as good as everybody that sees your vision as well. So all these people that are are trying to keep their dream alive and sacrificing all these things that they are, once they phase out, Al has to deal with them. And he's not just the, you know, the owner of the company. He's not necessarily their dad, but definitely a father figure too, because he's trying to give them like life advice, like do whatever you want. You know, like there's, there's different things that you see inside the series where he's giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Granted, if he was younger and he'll say this himself, he would have reacted a different way, but the way he's reacting right now in present day, everybody's heart goes out to him. The respect is like, I mean, it's a billion percent, like a billion percent, because this is still his his baby, OVW, the company, and it's his responsibility. And all of those veterans and mega international superstars that have walked through the doors, I guarantee you, if they found out that OVW's doors closed, 
it would not crush them, but they'd be like, man, I can't believe that. Like a chapter of their life that was a part of their life is now gone. Just, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you you're wrong, but I think you're wrong. I think it would crush it. I, I think that would crush a lot of people. I do. Oh, after watching yeah. this series, after watching this series, I had no idea the commitment that people had for this, for this, choo-choo that just could that's you know what i mean um that's the only part i think you're wrong at i think yes i think it'll be a crushing blow a crushing blow for a lot of people not only al but a lot of people who care about what's really going on not only the wrestlers but the fans and now that it's been on netflix this would be like oh it'd be huge it'd be huge it'd be crushing well i'm I'm glad to be wrong right there then (laughs) well i will i I would hope so you know. I will say this: the Netflix effect has helped OVW tremendously because since it aired, um, sellout first ever TV it's ever sold out before the doors are open on a TV night, not a special night, just a regular TV because we've yeah. sold out many. That um, as we're recording this, this was uh, you know the as we're recording this right now, the TV is already eighty percent sold for the upcoming TV we're going to be having. Uh, and then probably when this is airing, I'm sure that TV also is going to be uh, getting ready to be close to sold out. And that's, and that's, I think part of that, yes, is Netflix, but also I do believe that people were sitting at home that may have not wanted to go out. were like, we got to go out and support this. We, they got behind the story of, we want to keep it afloat and keep it going because OVW is a place that you could easily get 500 people in the doors every, every week. And, um, you know, yes, no matter if it was free or $5, it didn't matter. People were showing up and, uh, they stopped doing that. And now they're, they're coming back and ticket prices went up the last couple of months too. So it's, they're willing to pay that. So, um, it's, it's really cool, uh, to be a part of, I know Jesse's happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to be still be a part of it. And I, and, um, I was asked many a long time ago, you know, and, and, and like I said, Jesse can say the same thing. When I was at Impact, they I was told, "Hey, you don't have to do OVW anymore." And Al said, "If you, you know," and I said, "No, I want to be here. I want to help the other refs. I want to. I want to. This is my home. I want to still, as long as I can be here, contractually, whatever. I want to be here." And um, and I, I know Jesse feels the same way because he's still there too, as well. And he don't have to be there, but he is. Mm-hmm. He wants to help and uh it succeed and and help other help all the young talent in the doors so 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 one, one more thing jesse i want to say and, and i know you want to say something real quick do you know how fucking happy i am though about this for ovw and i'm being dead serious you know how fucking happy i am you know a, a story that doesn't even need to be told but i'm gonna tell it anyway that's really quick i chose the small engine i chose the small engine that was my choice it won't you telling me what I'm going to do. It was me choosing the small engine because I wanted to be happy. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. to find where there's people like Jesse that says, I'll find the small engine too. You know, it's, it's just so gratifying to hear the stories and see what Netflix has done for promotion where there aren't people that can't choose like I had or you, Jesse, um, or even you, Daniel that can't do that. And what I'm saying is this, it's because what's so rewarding at the end of the day, which is, which is the series has done is just said, we can do it. We can do it. Mm-hmm. That's what it amounts to. We can do it. When I left that final episode, it was just like, 
you know what? The unsurmountable of pressure, the unsurmountable of money, there's no way this can continue to continue to continue. But it has. You know, it's it's an inspiration for so many involved. And it's just been, I don't know, man. I, I, I really am stoked about it. I'm sorry I really got deep. I didn't mean to go that long. But, you know, I want to be part of that engine that could too. If I could work at OVW, I might come out of retirement. Fuck it. <laughs> yes you heard it first you heard it here first well and, and you you hit it right on man like it's as we all know we want to be able to perform in front of the biggest crowds possible and the whole intent of ovw imagine that like we are turning right around or turning away hundreds of people outside the door you know al would be forced to have to go to a bigger venue and again, we all know the whole point of professional wrestling is packing these arenas, these buildings, and what your actual draw is, what your name is worth on a piece of paper to make people get out of their home, buy a ticket, show up and support you, you know, and that's exactly it. And what Greg has been able to do, like we can't thank him enough. The owners of OVW can't thank him enough because they gave us this because the vehicle's still here because of it. You know, and I'm thrilled. Just, I mean, I'm thrilled to be the face of OVW because I can take all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need to close it out, you cocky motherfucker, so I can let all my family hear it. But no, and to your like, like, like exactly like what you're saying. Like, how can you hate that? How can you hate the person that's literally willing to sacrifice all of these things and still have all that heart? Which is what you're saying, you know. And that's it's beautiful. It it's like you can't you're the dream is still there and like we're sitting here sacrificing all of that it's it's crazy you know and and you know in culmination of al snow it's like it's matt jones it's jeff tufflin it's craig greenberg all those guys were able to let this project take place with the magic of um greg whiteley you know and it's we're i can't i'm excited i'm excited for this thursday um i'm excited for the next thursday i'm excited for three months from now what the thursdays are going to look like the pay-per-view buys like how i mean you know there's there's things in there like where you hear the ratings so like there there is an actual metric that we now have that we know of that like hopefully we do nothing but build on you know and now it's up to us to lose the people that are coming because they're coming to the show so and that's what I say now in present day, in real time, when we, when we, it's like, Hey, it's a packed house out there. Like it's up to us to mess it up because these people came. So it's up to us to, to make sure that they're coming back next week. You know, the people that are shuffling into to the theme park down at universal, they get a free show down there. You know, like these people are leaving their home and buying a ticket here at OVW, you know, for the live TV taping. And we only got one chance, like all these things, like this is live television people. It's crazy. Like, that's what another thing that blows my mind. That in and of itself, Brian, you know what it's like. Daniel, you know what it's like. Things happen and go wrong all of the time. All of the time. And the reason why I say that is anybody that wants like to even be a part of live television, that was going to be a journalist or, you know, a broadcaster or be on any kind of production crew, uh, you know, any kind of grip person, they should all be trying to intern at OVW, that is at the University of Louisville, that is at Bellarmine, like that are local, anybody that's coming down from Indianapolis or something like that. They should be at OVW to get that live, like real time experience because then they can get placed anywhere because it's taped. Anything that's taped, you can reshoot. Just letting people know. 
when it's a live show, there's only a handful of shows that are live. That's why I'm saying the appeal of OVW is just like WWE, just like AEW, just like the news when it's live, stuff like that. Like that's what we're going up against, you know? And that's why I'm saying like, and that's the element that Al wants to keep alive too. And that's his passion in it as well. That's the real baby, you know? So it's, I couldn't be more excited for it. And I'm glad that you felt that way because a lot of people share that, you know, share that sentiment. So it's awesome. So, so just put a little bug in Al's ear. Just let him know. I'll come out of retirement for. I'll tell him, one thousand percent. I'll tell him too. <laughs> I'll text him right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll say we're just sending you a text right now. Well, look, so Jesse, put your stuff over, buddy. I want to get you out of here. I, I didn't mean to hold you up this long, man, but you're. You, I, I had to keep you on longer because I wanted to hear you keep bragging, pushing yourself over, <laughs> over. And uh, well, if, you, if, if you if you haven't heard enough about me. Um, you can definitely find me pretty much if you start typing in Mr. Peck on any platform, whether it's um, YouTube, <laughs> uh, Instagram, Twitter. I don't have a TikTok. I should probably have a TikTok. I don't. But pretty much if you put in Mr. Peck, blue check will come up. It'll be me. Yours truly, Jesse Goddard. There's other stuff going up too. You know, like um, I have a show coming out on Tubi called Whacked Out, which is a uh, remake. I'm still sponsored um, by the best. I mean, which is crazy. Muscle Tech, like Muscle Tech has been a household name when it comes to supplements. When I first started working out back when I first started bodybuilding, it was Jay Cutler that was the man, you know, during that time trying to go up against Ronnie Coleman. Um, who's sponsored by BSN and muscle tech. Like obviously they have a couple other sister companies and stuff, but I'm actively in real time sponsored to have the best uh, supplements in the world. And it's, it's a dream come true to even be sponsored by them too. It's just crazy that it's like this point in my life that uh, I'm sponsored by these guys. And I not only love their supplements, like the pre-workout euphoric is awesome. I would definitely actually, Brian, we could get you some. You can get you some. Well, do you even take pre-workout? I, I don't need it, Jesse. I, I figured not. I figured you just ran on smiles and dreams over there. But, <laughs> I know, anybody I know. That's, oh, seriously, I, I'm, I'm just messing with you. No, I no. I so what are you saying? Um, Euphoric. Like, and I'm sure we, we could get you some, some products sent your way. We could get you a little gift good, goodie bag and stuff. So I don't know, like... They got the, the best creatine from Crea Pure. Um, that's, I mean, it's top of the lines stuff. Like they only mess with the best stuff. The paraxanthine is the active ingredient in um, the burn IQ, which is their fat burner and stuff. But the reason why I say all this stuff is it's, it's, it's just crazy, you know, and all this was a little bit before um, this opportunity came up, but uh, whacked out will be coming out and I'm pretty sure that'll be on Tubi. So I'm excited for that. And then just obviously, like RJ was saying, like or Daniel, keep watching Big Brother. Like that's my first family. Like that's why this all this is the, why this relationship makes so much sense right now. You gotta watch it. And what's funny is like it's, it's such a guilty pleasure, and people are like almost like closet. Like hey, uh, yeah, have you ever heard of this like Big Brother show? And like if somebody says no, you like don't really talk about it. But the people that are are such like avid, like just invested, you know, fans of the show. And it's just, you know, it's like the soap opera world. When I got into that is like the reality TV world and the wrestling world. Like we have 
very passionate fans. Yes. You know, in every niche, like there's very passionate fans. Um, so don't no, don't you're, think that you're you guys right. have to be closeted. <laughs> you're you're right. Growing up, growing up, like you know, when you were talking to somebody, if you found there was two things that I would like flip out and like go nuts. But when I'm when I'm meeting somebody for the first time, and we were talking, chat, chatting. If they were a wrestling fan or if they were a Big Brother fan, oh my gosh, we became best friends. Like right. it was like, oh my gosh, you're the you know, like and and yeah, Big Brother was one of those. And then we would go, do you watch the live feeds? Do you watch? Oh, like, so yes, I I'm with you on that. There's a there, you're there's there's a whole uh, special group of people that a big brother fan, and but also wrestling fans are the same way, you know. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just no, know I, this. Just know this, Jesse. I haven't watched that fucking bullshit program ever since you tried to win it. Oh wow! So that was, yeah. I don't even want to say when that like 2009, 2008, was, 2009. I mean, like don't get me wrong. I like the concept. I can't stick yeah. with it. There's mm-hmm. no heels like you anymore. Mm-mm. That's why they keep bringing him back. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I can only feel. It's like when they bring back Taker. You're like when they bring back Brock or The Rock. Like you just right. you know, fill the shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's a cool analogy. You need to come up with a T-shirt that says something about that. That's good. I get. They I get, bring back the Undertaker for the main for, for WrestleMania. They bring back fucking Jesse Goddard. <laughs> For yeah, fucking big brother. Pop. At the beginning of at the beginning of, the, of that whole series, it was uh Evil Dick was always the evil guy they keep bringing back, and then Jesse Goddard just completely took over, and it was they never brought Evil Dick back. Yeah, Evil Dick was like, yeah, annihilate him. No one could be a heel like him. No, no one. Yeah. No. <laughs> you're you're not now. Are you not? You're not a baby face in OVW, correct? Oh, it. Yeah, I was gonna say you just gotta you gotta be checking it out, my friend. You gotta be checking out the product, dude. Ah, don't turn you baby face. I'll kick you in the fucking teeth. Oh, did you did you not see that last video? You gotta check out it. Check out my Instagram right now. No, no, no. Oh, you beat the limit. Oh, by the way, that was some of your best work I've ever seen. You went you went fucking crazy. Yes. Okay. It's almost. It's almost like I know. <laughs> all these years of being a hill, you figure out what you got to do to be a babyface. <laughs> Golly, Jesse, I'm sorry. I've been hitting the head too many fucking times. Me too, dude. I'm with you. Hey, don't, nothing you to know, do. For, yeah, you don't even need to apologize. Yeah, he's um, he's uh, look, he's he's dealing with some overman right now. So that's what he's. Yeah. That's what he's dealing with. <laughs> I got a lot. Of, I got a lot on my plate. All right. All right, I'm all right. To, I do, I'm trying I do, to be OBW's man. I'm trying to be OBW's even, man. Huh? So, yeah. All right, I did see it. My bad. I did see it. That was actually some of your best work I've ever seen. That Thank actually you. was seriously. Thank you. Yeah. No, we, RJ, yeah, just, close us out. Let's get this man out of here so he can go flex on his wife or whoever he wants to flex on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse. Uh, everybody, check out the wrestlers. Wrestler, excuse me, on Netflix. Make sure you check out Jesse wherever you're on social media. Jesse, thank you so much for uh, joining OVW us. OVW TV live on Fight every Thursday night at seven o'clock p.m. Boom! Thank you guys sincerely, Brian. Thanks, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you guys. Thank you, thank you for having thank me. You. Man, that was uh, that was something spectacular, if you will. No, that guy is the cockiest man I've ever met in my life, and I fucking love every second of it. It's so fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah. He, he liked that. He's like that, but he's not like that. Yeah. Daniel, you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. He's it, it's it's 
Yes, it's it, he's like that, but he's also not like that. He's very, um, you know, it, it's one of those when you first meet Jesse, you get that persona from him. You get that I'm um, oh no, who is better than you? Kind of whatever, or I'm cocky. I'm the best. I'm the face that runs the place. But when you know him, when you have, spend some time with him, you're like, oh, well, this is he's deep down in the surface. He's he's a great guy. He's really giving and he's really caring and he. You know, and he he really cares for what he does. Like he will, you know. I, you've been in the ring with him, and we didn't really talk about us being in the ring with him. You know, like when something doesn't go his way, he he's you know, it's not going right. He's freaking mad, and he's he cusses you out and tell you to cuss them out and the whole nine yards. But after the show, he's he's explaining, you know, like what you know why he said that and why this is what it is, and then he's giving you the understanding of why you or why this was wrong done and why if you did it this way what he was trying to portray and to get your your as in the other opponent character over or lifted up and to move forward in their story and it's like he's not just doing it because he's he's jesse and he thinks he knows better he's actually trying to elevate his opponent when he's doing those things and it's amazing when he breaks that down and you can see their eyes are always like oh, I get it. Like, yeah, you should listen to me when I'm out there because I know what I'm doing. And that's what I love about about him, working with him in the ring. And then he's even done it to me. He's been like, hey, man, you should do this a, a little bit different in, in whatever. Uh, this is before Brian got a hold of me. But he would uh, say those things. I'm like, well, okay. And he would explain why, and it would make sense. Um, and that's the uh, that's the type of leadership and the type of training and, and gr- helping everyone grow that, that everyone needs. And uh, we didn't get to touch base on that as much, but you can just hear that in his, in his talking about wrestlers and talking about what his passion that he is that kind of person. So, okay, well he's not on the show because he's he was he, he's a bitch. Um, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He's got a lot of passion. You're right, and that's a, that's what makes him a bitch. You know, you got to have passion to, have, to be a bitch. I'm a bitch too. Yep. Um, as Reference reviews, as you've seen before. Um, yeah, I'm becoming more and more that way. I'm, I'm, I, I got a, I'm, I'm, you're rubbing off on me, Brian. You and Bravo and Al, you're all rubbing off on me. <laughs> yep. Well, it is what it is. Daniel, put your shit over. Let's go. All right, you can follow my podcast, Ringside Podcast, at Ringside Podcast on all socials. You can hear us all on podcast avenues. You hear this one. We also got video format on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Ringside Podcast, twitch.com slash at Ringside Podcast, facebook.com slash at Ringside Podcast, and there you go. And you can find me on the Twitter or the Instagram at Daniel Spencer. Jesus Christ, what the fuck did you just say? I didn't even go in my in my cameos and my pro wrestling tees. I didn't even give you all that. So I saw that the other day. You have a cameo. What the I've fuck? A, I've had a cameo for like two years. They 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 reached out to me a long time ago. How's that a year? It, it goes pretty good. Yeah. Look, look. <laughs> I will look. If you, ha- you know, I'm an official, right? So if you have something that you want to dispute between you and your family members, I can go and officiate it and, and determine a winner. All right. So my dog. I just bought a new house, and I've got a driveway that was basically had a little bit of rock and grass. I put. I spent $3,400 to gravel my driveway, but the son of a bitch keeps shitting in my driveway. Can you help me? Can you officiate that shit? Yeah, what you need to do is you need to train the dog to the to, to shit in your yard. What a stupid answer. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you want you want me to do it so you don't have to do it. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I want you to rectify the situation, you official. Well, the the official word of that would be to take that dog, take 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 that dog and uh and make it shit in the yard. Put up put up put up one of those fences or whatever. This yeah. this is so awkward. All right. Anyway. At baby having on Instagram and Twitter. God, I can't talk. At baby having <laughs> on Instagram and um uh at I'm not calling it X. Uh, I, I said I'm Twitter. I, I did it for you. I didn't All even right. put over my TikTok either. All right, at Twitter, whatever. You know what? This dude? is literally this is literally gone to the shits. Um, but <laughs> you can uh, follow the show on all of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, threads, all that good stuff at reffing it up. Um, check out our guys, part of this great team. AJ McKay uh, does phenomenal um, audio uh, intros, for, not just for our show. He does them great for OVW uh, as well as in ringside as well. Um, as well as JD Hoop, who does the great graphics for this show and so many others. Um, next week, guys, as you're listening to this, stay tuned to at Reffin It Up on all social medias. We will be announcing who will be the third guest for this series that we're doing um, for the wrestlers. Um, stay tuned to that. I uh, can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. I can't wait to have this person on. So, four. Mr. Daniel Spencer and Mr. Brian Hender. I am RJ. We'll see you here next week on Reffing It Up. One, two, three.